The Ringers Nora Princiati and Nathan Hubbard are on a journey breaking down every single Taylor Swift album. For all you Swifties out there, this is the podcast for you. From her most famous moments to her most obscure references, every single album, Taylor Swift has it all. Check it out on the Ringer Dish feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Amanda, there's some great stuff that we're going to dig into today. We've got um, Salma Hayek's pet owl, which we're all really excited. It's really a treat for the end. <laughs> We've got this Khloe Kardashian photo situation. We often avoid them, but this is an interesting one that we'll get into. Um, we got Aaron Rodgers on um, Jeopardy. And on Shailene Woodley's Instagram. Laura Wasser continuing to do the most, but most importantly, and where we'd like to start, we've got J-Lo, an oral history of J-Lo of sorts in InStyle magazine that brings up many more questions than answers. Um, Amanda, (laughs) how would you describe this piece? Although you're the one who called it an oral history of sorts, so I stole that from you. What does that not encapsulate about this? So for the uninitiated, an oral history is a form of journalism where you're, maybe you're talking about the oral history of a movie or the oral history of like a, a momentous day. And you talk to all of the players involved. So we do a lot of oral histories on movies at the ringer. Alan Siegel does a lot of them. I, I recommend them, including the one in the town featuring Ben Affleck. Notable. We'll come back to it. But speaks to everybody involved in uh, the movie and not just the actors and like the director and the screenwriter, but like maybe people in in the town's case in Boston who are on set one day and like someone who knows a lot about Fenway Park and its security. I really love the town. Recommend it if you haven't seen it recently. Um, but so it paints like a full picture, usually of a thing or a day in history. 
Occasionally, it's done for people. A few years ago, GQ did a fun, like, oral history sort of of Matt Damon. Mm. And Matt Damon obviously has had a prolific career, has worked with a lot of very notable people. And so it was really just like other famous people telling funny stories about Matt Damon. Um, But they were funny stories. So InStyle is sort of trying this approach in that it's a lot of people who know J-Lo, whether by having worked with her or by having been engaged to her or by having been married to her, uh, at talking about very aspects of her life and career, but they're very broad interviews. They're just like, tell us about JLo's work ethic. Tell us about JLo's beauty. Tell us what's great about JLo. And it's the world's largest puff piece sort of. And I say that with a huge amount of respect for Jennifer Lopez who is great and talented and deserves a lot of celebration. But I wouldn't say that there's like a lot of content in this content. And then I think you should talk about how specifically it is structured because yeah, it's delightful. I, I, I wanted to ask you, so the way it's put together is a couple of different like subheadings essentially where it's like JLo at various points in her career. And the people that are spoken to for this are pretty random. It's like, or not random, but it's just sort of like, is this the approved list that JLo supplied? Judy Greer, Le- Leah Remini, Michelle Obama, Ben Affleck, Mark Anthony, and Selena's father, Abraham Quintanilla Jr. Like, that's a really fucking weird list. And and the way that's put together is they each give a quote, and then immediately after their quote, JLo responds to it directly. And then it's like, I guess, word for word or something of her thoughts on what they said about her, which is a really uncommon part of oral histories. And it's super weird. And so my question for you, Amanda is, is this a salvage job or is this what was pitched to JLo for her to be on the cover of InStyle? I would have to guess the latter because of the sheer number of people that are spoken to. As you noted, it's, this is not, it's not a story, right? It's like someone posted Instagram comment about JLo being like, this is my memory of JLo. And then JLo posts back being like, yes, that is correct. It is. I, I I am great. It's like a graduation time capsule or like a retirement montage. It's like, it's not like someone like the middle of her career. But meanwhile, the the point of the story is like JLo is very deliberate. I I actually thought Matthew McConaughey gave the the best quote. Shout out to Matthew McConaughey, published author. I'm just going to read it. (laughs) He wrote, Jennifer, he's wrote Jennifer Lopez. What can she not do? Extremely deliberate, intentional, fully choreographed and self-aware. She even knows how to make accidents look like accidents. I thought that's the most wonderful thing you could say about a professional actress and entertainer and, and really woman. I was like, he's respectful of her greatness and, and, and summed it up very well. And that kind of is like the point of this piece is that like everything she's done is not by mistake, luck, or anything else, it's by having a plan and having a really strong will and also an amazing work ethic. I, I will say, I feel like it's a public service to women everywhere that JLo and Beyonce have made it known that they work really fucking hard. And it's like, this didn't just happen. And I'm like, thank you. That's the best message I can hope for. <laughs> yes. And it's a theme throughout the interview. Ben Affleck talks about it a lot as well, because yes, Ben Affleck is interviewed for this piece, which is incredible. We'll come back to it of just that this isn't an accident. She works really hard that, uh, that, perfectionism, that striving, that effort, that nothing like comes easily to people. Um, 
is a major theme. And I, and I agree with you to go back to your point about it being salvaged. Who can say Juliet, but if they did have to salvage it, they went above and beyond because a lot of people are quoted in this. I'm going to read it. Judy Greer, you mentioned Matthew McConaughey. You mentioned Mark Anthony, ex-husband, Michelle Obama, Ben Affleck, Charlize Theron, Leah Remini, Lorraine Scafaria, who is the director of Hustlers, Lily Reinhardt, a co-star in Hustlers, Constance Wu, another co-star in Hustlers. So Donatella Versace, a a lot of people. Actually, hold on. Ryan Seacrest. Right. And the connection there is American Idol. It's almost like they had done pieces on JLo at various times and they like took quotes from like the old Hustlers piece and had her like respond to them or something like that. And that's really perceptive. And I think that's possible because this is a lot of work to even get one quote from these people. And many of these quotes read to me like one emailed quote, right? I Like, yeah. I don't know how many people got on the phone and you can do oral histories like a lot of different ways. And often an oral history is used because you can only get like an emailed quote from Michelle Obama, which I, I do think that this was emailed for the record. Absolutely. But that's okay. And Michelle Obama has a lot going on her plate. So- but some of them seem conversational, like Ben Affleck joking about the fountain of youth seems like Ben Affleck got on a zoom or a phone with somebody for like five or 10 minutes. And that's the other nice thing about oral histories is that you can kind of maximize the amount of access that you, someone will give you 10 minutes and that's actually enough for a few quotes, but it does seem intentional. Like they went out to all of these people and all of these people said yes, which is way harder than it seems really hard. And also that Jennifer Lopez approved every single one of these people being quoted and being included because notably absent from this piece is one Alex Rodriguez. There's there's no A-Rod. And also no mention of their businesses. The only J-Lo entrepreneurial endeavor that's mentioned is J-Lo Beauty, which she talks about in a pretty seamless way. But it's sort of like, very interestingly positioning this about, and a lot has been made recently, especially by us about her, her many revenue streams and sources of income. This is really about JLo, the singular and solo performer who also does like skincare. And that is like that to uh, the point by Matthew McConaughey is very deliberate and noted. And the timing is noted. So I think that that has to be a little bit of a salvage job. I think that he must've been cut from the profile, which explains maybe or from the quote oral history which explains some of the the weird pacing or as Juliet noted that just kind of like call and response element of like JLo is great I could be wrong and I think all magazines have really had to adapt their entire process during the pandemic but typically for a cover shoot and cover of of this size of in style which is a very large magazine they're done several months in advance yeah. now obviously JLo and A-Rod had been going through some, there were a lot of rumors or have been a lot of rumors for several months now, but it does seem to me like he was involved and then they called and were like, you need to cut all of yeah. this out. And then N-Style was like, okay, which is notable in its own way. I mean, this to me seems very much like a magazine and a celebrity team working together. I would assume JLo had like, total approval. What's the name I, of like, the woman who runs in style? It's like Laura Bennett or Laura, something. Laura, Laura Brown. Brown, excuse me. Mm-hmm. She's I, and I only know her because she's like all over celebrity Instagram. I think she like, yes. 
I think she's friends with many top celebrities, which is, yeah. And that's her strategy. And it's like, and it's been very successful. And I actually think what it, you know, in style has done, especially visually, like under her tenure has been impressive, but it is, it's, it's just a different model. And, and I should say also that I have absolutely no actual knowledge. I I do not know who has approval and what I believe that in style is still owned by time Inc. And that's not a system that I'm as familiar with. It feels to me like there's a lot of communication here. Collaboration. Uh, Sure. Yes, exactly. And definitely the A-Rod stuff is just like, of of course, some, some words were exchanged. It's wild to have your ex-husband and really famous ex-boyfriend give quotes about you and not your current boyfriend. It's hilarious. Ben Affleck though. Just getting what? on the phone. What won't he give a quote for? I, I really appreciate it. It's really generous. Thank you so much, Ben. But like, well, what will he not talk about? Is there anything? Do you want a segue? Shall yeah, we? Sure. I'd love to. I'd love to. Last week in the New York Times style section, there was a profile of noted celebrity divorce attorney, Laura Wasser, who we've discussed like fairly frequently on this podcast of late because she's really going for it. Um, but they did the whole profile. And- Hand to God, Ben Affleck is in there giving a secondary about Laura Wasser, which is wonderful and extraordinary and like a hilarious, but in a good way to me. Like, great. Why not? And it was a good quote, too. He talks about how, you know, she helps with his divorce from Jennifer Garner. And he said she has a talent for fostering empathy rather than enmity. Very good. Also seems like it was emailed because that's a wonderful world wordplay. No, I, I was know. about to say because Mr. Affleck said in an interview, and I oh, believe you're right. the time style would be to note via email if you're it right. was via email. And then he and then the, the piece says he added appreciatively. Once you get into a fight, I suspect everyone loses. She made that clear from the start. I was like, that's a great, great quote about divorce. Noah Bombeck, take note for a marriage story, part two. I just thought that was fantastic. Of course, uh, you know, the the Laura Linney character, I mean, the Laura Dern character is based on Laura Wasser. So, um, yeah, Ben Affleck just out here giving quotes about basically anyone from any of his breakups ever. I love it. Ben's living his life as an open book. It does seem like perhaps that's part of his um, sobriety. So this yeah. kind, of, kind of honesty, but I, if it is, that's great. And I enjoy it and it definitely enriches my life. Hope it's enriching his as well. I think you're totally right that, I mean, obviously recovery is a profound process and I, yeah. I really admire the way that he's talked about recovery in his last couple Me of years. Too. And perhaps it has just led to sort of a, like an openness. He just also just has seemed really available on zoom, you know, <laughs> know. like just like really available, which aren't we all. So I admire it. And he's a great talker related and also related to their divorce. I just want to say, did you happen to read the Jennifer Garner uh, Hollywood Reporter cover from a couple weeks ago. You know, everything related to yesterday has just been a pass for me. I can't, I just cannot, cannot. I don't know. I really like Jennifer Garner and I think that her ideas for movies are really poor. So I didn't want to be involved with this. <laughs> Let me be extraordinarily clear that I have not seen yesterday or even a trailer <laughs> for yesterday. Um, I think it's for children. She's just decided to make like quote family entertainment, yeah. uh, which, you know, go with God. But Obviously, Jennifer Garner's 2016, I guess, Vanity Fair cover story was a very important early jam session text. Oh, if yeah. you recall. And it a was year of wine. a year of wine. 
And it was a, it was about the divorce and uh, things were raw. Things were difficult. She was, she gave a quote about having lost the dream of dancing with her husband at her daughter's wedding, which is very famous. And she's asked about that in the Hollywood reporter interview. And she gives a really lovely, heartwarming response where she was like, Oh, I don't worry about that anymore. We're going to dance together. It'll be great. And it seems like they've gone through divorce and are in a good place, which just makes me really happy. She also talks about the paparazzi attention on their family and specifically their kids and some of the work that they've done. And she talks about one of their children, like kind of as at a young age, giving a speech about what it's like to be photographed by paparazzi. And she describes her as a uh, hyper articulate. She's Ben Affleck's daughter, which uh-huh. I also thought was very charming. And then also just, you know, Ben Affleck loves to talk. So maybe he's just really available. Once again, we'd ruin our lives for Ben Affleck. It's just, so, it's, so <laughs> it's, it's really true. It's important self-knowledge. Um, I feel that's incredible. I didn't know about that. I'm gonna have to go and read it. It's, it's really charming, but it seems like they're doing well, which makes me feel nice and feel like Ben Affleck is at a good place. And I just think it's hilarious that he's part of the like ongoing Laura Wasser press tour, which is just everywhere. It's weird. It's just like, there's not much to say about Laura Wasser. We know everything there is. And like, maybe her work speaks for itself. I don't listen to her podcast. I'm not planning to, but this like, this diming out on like, I won't tell you anything, but I know everything about all these relationships are, is like a a really interesting ploy. I mean, I guess that also part of the point of the New York times article was her to make it clear that she has, you know, it's in the vault. Like she does not talk about any of this stuff. Like she's found a way to like make herself alluring to paparazzi though. She does not spill anything. So I guess she's selling her app and she has a podcast about divorce and her view on divorce, which we've kind of talked about, but the times piece is illuminating to me and that she's pretty self-aware and she talks about all these people that can't resist a wedding, but then it's, they did it for the wedding and they come see me a few years later for a divorce, which my argument would be, don't have the wedding, everybody. Like you can seriously, like don't throw that money down the drain, but she's pretty practical and has made, um, like a business and now a brand out of, of, recognizing that and selling people like the way out. So you can have the wedding and then you can also have my services, which, you know, I don't know. It's, it's not her fault that people just are really obsessed with wedding photographs, but it is funny that the New York times style, the headline is about Kim Kardashian and Kanye. Like she's definitely, there was a timing element to this, which is that she is Kim Kardashian's divorce lawyer. She has been since the first marriage or is it the second have there only been two? I don't know. And is leaning into kind of that press coverage of which she says nothing. She like doesn't talk about it, but even having those names in the headline is enough in order yeah. for it to be like a quote peg for her to, to sell this idea, which then theoretically would sell her app or at least her services. She charges $950 an hour. FYI, just if, if anyone's in the market. At that point, why not just go for a thousand? I mean, like what, what's the difference between nine fifty and a thousand Laura Wasser? I don't get it. Um, yeah, she's, she is making the Kim Kardashian divorce her story, which has to be a ploy that she and the Kardashians came up with together instead of it being mm-hmm. Kim's story. Cause all the coverage has really been about Laura. Um, 
which is interesting and good strategy. And the opposite strategy of this Khloe Kardashian photo debacle. Our segues are so good today. So incredible. It's just interlocking like a puzzle or something. Can you explain what's going on there? Barely. Here's what I know. There was a photograph of Khloe Kardashian that was posted to the internet that Khloe Kardashian didn't want on the internet. It is not as, quote, edited, shall we say, as the usual Kardashian photos. And so now the entire Kardashian industrial legal complex is working to remove this photo from the internet, which is then generating a huge amount of coverage about this photo and trying to get it removed from the internet and some secondary coverage about how the Kardashians Photoshop everything, which we all knew. Um, Which we all knew, but I think is often forgotten by people who look at pictures of them. Cause there's also, there's frequently so many questions of like, is that real? And it's like, who knows? And the reason you're even asking is because if you're looking at pictures, then it's even harder to tell. So do you think that, do you forget when you look at a picture of the Kardashians, you think like that is like what the world looks like? Um, I think because it's a look that's been adopted so widely across social media, like sometimes it's easy to forget that that's like very far from normal. And like people just like filter the fuck out of everything, Mm -hmm. um, which is more than just editing, but like, you know, I think the lighting aspects of it, like that's the kind of stuff that I like forget about that. I'm just like, not only have they photoshopped this and edited it, but there's also like unique lighting used for the shot. And then after the fact and like, whatever, I don't know. I just think that like, I don't really like my head doesn't really like remember every time I see a picture of Kim Kardashian or any Kardashian that's probably photoshopped. The yeah. one who I think is photoshopped the least in my feeds, or at least I see the least of her photoshopped is Chloe's Courtney because I mostly see paparazzi photos of her and not ones that they've posted themselves. Um, I think she gets popped a lot more than, than Chloe and Kim for some reason, maybe because she's hanging out with Addison Rae. But um, like I, I have no idea what Chloe Kardashian looks like. Side note about Addison Rae, it's funny that Page six is now running a story that Addison Ray is getting paparazzi a lot and possibly calling them because, and they suggest that it's because of her association with Chloe. I mean, I'm sorry, Courtney. with Courtney. Yeah. So chicken or the egg there. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you were, we were talking before we started recording about just Instagram and what it does to your brain and how it's, I mean, it's one of my primary media diets at this point is that I just look at Instagram. And I like to think that I have some knowledge when I'm looking at a photo of a a Kardashian, which like, honestly, I try not to do or anything, you know, the Kardashian influence, which is far reaching in a lot of ways, but certainly they are part of the Instagram face proponents and Instagram face has become a shorthand for some, you know, enhancement uh, choices, but I think is also about the makeup and the, or at least to me is about the makeup choices, the lighting choices that you mentioned, the fashion, there's just kind of like, there's like a, there's an Instagram aesthetic for uh, rooms. There's an Instagram aesthetic for clothes. And there's an Instagram aesthetic for people who are famous on Instagram. And I like to think that my brain at this point is just kind of like, oh, that's like Instagram. And that's, that's not how people look in the real world, but I don't actually know whether my subconscious believes that at the end of the day. Also because of the pandemic, you just encounter so many fewer people, right? So Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
getting better. But I think that, I think that kind of compounded the problem. But um, I just want to tell you, the re- I didn't know about this mm-hmm. because I didn't read page six yesterday. I'm not sure it happened to me, but I follow at Cosmetic Chris on Twitter. It's Cosmetic with a K, Chris with a K, K-R-Y-S. And that's how this came across my transom. Okay. And it's I don't like, know what that is. What is it? It's that? like an account that like calls out plastic surgery and like okay. and comments on plastic surgery. It's like completely ridiculous, but um, I enjoy it. And that's how I found out about it. And I, I, I was just like a really, really weird, but you know, it fits. Let's talk about the practicality of this for a second, because sure. it's, it's a very textbook example of the Streisand effect, which was named for Barbara Streisand trying to get a photo removed from the internet and thus drawing way more attention to the photo than ever would have happened before. This is like, and the Kardashians are generally more savvy on social media or in media in general to the point that I began to wonder whether it was intentional Streisand effect and whether they were a part of this in order to draw more attention to the unretouched or relatively unretouched photo of Khloe Kardashian who looks fantastic and like not like a normal human being uh, in a positive way. But I just, yeah, she she works out a lot and like clearly spends a lot of time and money um, because her look is part of her brand and the way that she makes money and it's working great for her. So I began to be like, okay, so is this just, is this what we're doing now? Like reverse dry sanding and do I really need to be a part of it? I I don't know if I do. Yeah. I, I just find them so crass and the, um, the lack of authenticity when they also are just constantly pleading, like, look how real we are. It's just like, such a sort of ridiculous farce. It's absurd. I, I hate it. I don't know. That's why we don't really talk about them. Like I find like no fun in this family. And I just think there's like so much collateral damage and wreckage in their wake and a lot of dollars. I don't know. It's, I honestly find it depressing. Like Chloe, I have no idea what she actually looks like because every photo that she releases of herself and every time she goes out in public, there's just like, like layers upon layers of like curation of various different kinds, including like makeup or whatever. It's dep- it's just depressing to me. I'm sort of like on the one hand, it's fine. She has every right to look exactly how she wants to look. Sure. And if she wants to change that via surgeries or via makeup or via filters or whatever, it's like, we're all just trying out here and she can do whatever she wants. And also I don't really need to pay attention to it, which is sort of been, I'm, I'm just doing my thing. <laughs> But you're right in pointing out that all of the changes and the entire Kardashian brand is like predicated on meeting like a certain completely unrealistic standard that then everyone else who consumes this, whether consciously or unconsciously, thinks that they need to meet. And it starts to shift the nature of reality and like what's possible. And that is obviously wildly detrimental to everybody. Yeah. And like JLo doesn't necessarily look so different. Like she's got a lot of similar aesthetics a lot of the time, but and I, you know, sometimes even, but like JLo looks incredible. It's a big talking point of like how amazing JLo looks, but JLo wants everyone to know that she works really hard for it. And it's not like you can just like buy a lip kit and it happens, you know, it's like, she's works out all the time. She's everything about her is like, damn, she works hard. And I just find that to be so much more palatable than, you know, constantly Photoshopping photos. Yeah. And even there, it's like in the in style piece, she, makes a point of saying, I, I think I'm in better shape than I was in my twenties and thirties, but I do it now to be healthy. And wouldn't, you know, that when you do it to be for the right reasons, you look better, which like, yeah. there's a lot encoded in there that I, 
you know, it's, it's still setting some expectations, some unrealistic expectations for people. Like I'm never going to look like Jennifer Lopez. No, that's okay. And like when Hustlers came out and she did all the pole dancing, which is also in the reference in the in style piece, it was sort of like, holy shit. Like JLo is so special. Like, how did she do that? Mm -hmm. But the question was like, askable, like, how did she do that? And there was an answer. She trained, she practiced, she did did that. And it's not like smoke and mirrors. It's like JLo is not like everyone else. And no, you won't be like her, but it didn't just happen. And she doesn't pretend that it just happened. So I guess that I just appreciate the like acknowledgement of effort and process. Yes. Related to that. I, something that my husband who works at a fashion magazine always reminds me is the sheer amount of money, time and skill it takes to make someone look good in a photograph in a magazine. Like let me tell you, they don't spend the money on the, the writers. They spend it on the photographers. The lighting, as you mentioned, has to be so specific. It's like the shoots are all day affairs. It like takes a tremendous amount of, of, of skill, I think, like artistic ability, in addition to like being really natural, naturally beautiful all the time in order to create one of those images. And in a magazine, like that's kind of the point, right? It's supposed yeah. to be more glamorous. It's supposed to these people who look cool and look uh, unattainable, but there's something about Instagram that's always selling it as attainability and trying to hide like all of the, the effort that goes goes into it. It's funny when you see the side-by-sides of like an influencer photo and then like all the weird light shades and everything that they do in order to look right. Or have you ever seen a photograph of like an Instagram, like a hot photo hotspot where it's like eight influencers yeah. at different points down the street and they all look so dumb in aggregate, but they edit it and light it and they know how to style it, which I'll give them a little credit because I don't know how to do that at all. All of my photos look absolutely terrible. That's another th- thing that you can tell. Just like look at your own photos on your own phone. It's like, that doesn't look like the real things. No. They're spending a lot of time doing this and they have every right to, but when we start holding ourselves to the, the same standard, which is sort of inevitable. That's when it gets frustrating. This whole thing kind of reminded me of when Beyonce tried to get the photos of her from Coachella taken down. I think it was Coachella. It was some performance where she didn't like some that were on like Jezebel or whatever. And when you start fighting about the, and, and they were like Getty photos, by the way, it wasn't like what the quote unquote mistake, like this Chloe one, when you start fighting it to your point, then people start looking at them and just like, there's a million photos of Beyonce. No one really would have cared about those. Yeah. In some ways, I find it a little reassuring that like even Beyonce has some unflattering photos that she can't totally control because we all do. You all know, of course, God, the number of photos that my mother insists on taking. And then like my mother's not a photographer. My mother's a wonderful woman, like no artistic skill. And then it's like, let me like print these out on my home printer and put them in our house. And I'm just like, please know that's horrifying. But, you know, everybody, everybody has, has unflattering photos somewhere. Good luck, Chloe. I I would just recommend not posing for some of these photos. I just can't imagine doing it. So embarrassing just to be like, I'm going to post this on Instagram, but that's just me. That's the other thing. Have you ever like felt comfortable posing for a photograph? I no, No, of course not. No, I, I I like to think I have other talents. That's not one of them. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. 
It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Let's move on. No segue here. Let, you know, oh, I got one. You know who's yeah. got a lot of talent? Talents. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers hosts Jeopardy this week. Oh, wow. I forgot we were going to talk about this. Um, we just had to mention it. Aaron Rodgers hosting Jeopardy this week. Caps a week of, of publicity, which included him and Shailene Woodley going to Disneyland, um, mm-hmm. being photographed there. And she, it's not really a week of publicity that was over the weekend. And then she participated in his, um, Jeopardy stint by re by posting to her story, a ringer Instagram. That was an Aaron Rodgers quote that he gave to Claire McNear, who wrote about him hosting, check it out on the ringer.com. And, uh, they also did an Instagram together, I believe. Right. Yeah. On her Instagram. Mm-hmm. She just went into like proud fiance promo mode on Monday, which That's I cute. actually it's adorable. thought was pretty charming. Yeah. And they're in the car and she's just like, doing the proud like guess who's hosting jeopardy and then he somehow starts quoting the princess bride which he knows from memory and i was like oh what part? What, i really what, think what role that was I he playing i don't know because she was just like what happens on jeopardy and he's like there will be laughter there will be tears there will be magic there will be something and he's just like quoting from the princess bride suddenly he says like as they say in the princess bride and he does a whole little little speech which I, I was like, oh, I get it now. Like, I, I understand what's going on with between you two. I still think that we could slow down the timeline a little bit. But like, if you're happy, you're happy. <laughs> you know, congratulations. But I thought it was pretty sweet. And then I watched clips of him hosting Jeopardy. 
And I would say he's a very chill guy, Aaron Rodgers. It was a little bit more of an ASMR Jeopardy experience for me personally. And then also he's experimenting with longer hair. So I that's interesting. I hate his hair right now. I, he, it looks dirty. I feel like he's always in need of a shower. I can see where you're going with that. Maybe he's transitioning from shampooing hair to not shampooing, which seems like a Shailene Woodley thing Woodley to thing. do, you know, but mm-hmm. and you have to go through two months of just like a lot of oil, even though I think it is ultimately better for your hair. I have never done it. I'm not brave enough. He seemed happy. One of the Jeopardy contestants like made a joke about football to him. And I don't really know the context of the joke, but I think Aaron Rodgers was amused by it. And it was ripping him for about Tom Brady, right? I think so. It was something about a field goal and who decided to kick the field goal. And mm-hmm. yes, Aaron Rodgers was like, ended. Yeah. was like, great question. And he said, he told Claire, he was like, I would like to be a permanent host of Jeopardy. I have time. I've worked it out math wise here. How many days a year I contribute to football and here are how many days they film. So it's like doable. So I listen, congratulations to I Aaron Rodgers. All of his that'd dreams cool. are coming true. That'd be really cool. I, I support that. I'd like that actually. If, if the Jeopardy community, which is a very passionate community oh my God, yeah. is happy, then that's great. I don't really think I could, I'm allowed to have an opinion on it since I haven't watched Jeopardy since I was 13. I watch it like once in a while. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Last topic of the day. Yeah. Amanda, tell us about your passion for Salma Hayek's pet rescue. So I sent this to you on like a Friday night at like seven o'clock PST, which you were already asleep, but that's okay. And it was just like, it was the end of a long week as they all are. And I was just unwinding, Juliet. I was just surfing the internet, trying to find something that brought me joy. And I found a spectacularly dumb People magazine interview with Salma Hayek. Not even dumb, but silly interview with Salma Hayek for People's Most Beautiful Issue about her pet owl and her relationship to her pet owl. And I just, I need more celebrity content like this. Just absolutely no stakes, slightly daffy. I read it at the end of the week, send it to you. I'm like, lol. And then I move on with my life. Okay. <laughs> and that's that. So yeah, that's that. Let me share some of the things that Salma Hayek told people about her pet owl. Okay. So she gave it to her husband. I'm, I'm just going to read the quote. I gave it to my husband as a Valentine's president and named her caring because that's the name of his company. And the symbol of the owl. So let's just be clear, which people does not really clarify, that her husband is Francois-Henri Pinot, who is a billionaire, I believe, several times over. And his company, Caring, is like the renamed mega fashion conglomerate. Like, he's doing well for himself. But to commemorate that further, he needed to have an owl. Yeah. Although, as he said... Right. He was like, well... Thank you. But I know this is your own present for yourself. Great. Yes. (laughs) So some, some specifics about how that is the case. When my husband is not in town, she sleeps in the room with me. The eternal star says we have certain routines before we go to sleep. I watch TV with my iPad and she likes to stand on the iPad. This is how you know it's actually true and not some like Salma Hayek assistant sending some quotes about the owl. Is that such a weirdly specific, stupid thing? But you can imagine the owl standing on the iPad. I think it's really funny. 
Celebrity best friends and iPads aren't the only things that set caring apart from other birds. She is more curious than most owls, according to Hayek, and has an unusual but good sense of taste. Wait for it. Even though owls don't drink liquids because they take everything from their prey, she likes good wine. This one. I, what more do you want? It's honestly insane. Telling you owl-specific trivia about how they don't drink liquids, but that her rich owl, named for a fashion conglomerate, drinks wine. It's really, really good. I just thank you, Salma Hayek, and thank you, Karen, the owl. The thing that I learned the most from this piece, by the way, was that People has a whole section on pets and celebrity pets. And I didn't Mm -hmm. know that was like a wide world of celebrity coverage for People magazine. But now I do. And I'm a little disturbed, but I think maybe I'm the weirdo there. I'm, I'm not really sure. I think it's a little, there's something for everyone. And traditionally... That's not an area for you and me, but I just really thought that Salma Hayek crushed it. And <laughs> she I was really abused. did. She yeah. seems like she's living a great life. I didn't know she was in the Eternals. For those mm-hmm. of you who are listening and you're not really up on your comic book movies, the Eternals is like a next phase comic book movie coming in the fall, I think, with Jon Snow and, Sh- and Charlize Theron. Is that correct? Uh, it sounds right. Honestly. Or Angelina Jolie. I don't know. I do a movie no. podcast, but I, I John just... Snow's in it. That's all I know. It's just, it's like this endless amount of superhero com- um, co- content that I guess Salma Hayek's a part of as well. That's cool. Everybody is at this point. If they want to get a check, not that Salma Hayek needs it, as I mentioned by like her, her, her husband and his financial pursuits. Anyway, congratulations to everyone. I'm glad that the, the owl gets some wine. Can I just ask you, what do you think Salma Hayek is most famous for? Like just to the general consumer of culture i have no idea honestly i just being salma hayek the eternals thing was like really weird to me i was just like this is definitely not how i hope to be defining salma hayek going forward i mean obviously she won an oscar for playing frida for being frida that's probably it i obviously have a weakness for fools russians i'm sure you do as well as we are about the same age and it came out at the right time for that um it's a pretty fun movie i feel like that was one of one of my first like real thoughts about um, Las Vegas, but I'm just sort of like, what's Salma Hayek famous for at this point? I don't even know. She's just been like around for so long and, you know, reliably wonderful and beautiful, but I'm just like, what's her main thing to people? And like, do people think about Salma Hayek outside of her pet? Well, this is what happens to movie stars when movies are no longer the center of the culture. Cause you're right. It's, it is probably Frida to the extent that people remember Frida, which I think people our age do and older certainly and remember her as just like being in movies that everyone saw every year for 20 years and I think she's still in movies but I don't know people don't really seem to care about that as much and so you got to come up with a whole owl bit in order to keep people entertained (laughs) but it's good branding it worked yeah here we are talking about Sami Hayek it's great we're we're happy for her We, we wish her nothing but more fame and more movies beyond the Eternals sounds great that's great. <laughs> All righty. Well, we'll be back next week. Send your quotes about Jennifer Lopez straight to Jennifer Lopez. She'd love to respond. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.